core. Core. You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. My next guest is influenced by John Prine and Neil Young. Appleton native Michael Grabner is a singer and a songwriter who possesses a unique sound rooted in the traditions of country, folk, and Americana, as well as rock and roll. His latest single is called Hello Oblivion. It's available on all the streaming platforms. I'd like to welcome Michael Grabner to Fox City's Core. How are you doing? I am good. How are you, Andy? I'm doing well. Awesome. It's, it's a rainy day today here in the Fox Cities. It is. Do you yes. like rainy days? It depends. It depends on my mood. It depends if I have things to do. If I can just, you know, stay at home and write music, it's great. Um, if I have to go out in the world, it's annoying because I don't own an umbrella. <laughs> so I'm often getting wet. Yeah. Being a, a songwriter that, it, like, I'm guessing, like, the weather can influence your moods and when when you're writing music does like weather like this help i mean are you going to write better when it's like this because you don't have the distractions of going out and doing something well for me when it comes to the weather um i never feel like i fully wake up on a day that's this dark and rainy and um I like that feeling when I'm writing music. For me, I feel like I do my best lyric writing in particular when my subconscious is doing some of the work. And so if I'm tired or not feeling, you know, 100% awake, that's good for my process. So, yeah. Well, you've, you've been busy this week. I think you played at the Gibson Music uh, Community Hall on Wednesday. I think you, was at Swamico you played in? Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Yep, so I was at Gibson on Wednesday and in Swamico at uh, District 1 Brewing Company. No, Station 1 Brewing Company on Thursday, yeah. Well, we're going to get into like how you got into music and, and all of that. I want to start out with a quote here, though. <laughs> this is, all right. I, I thought this was a, a pretty a pretty nice and a, kind of a, a very nice big badge of honor to wear. Uh, Kurt Gunn. He is the best area songwriter, hands down, was a quote from Kurt. That's pretty a pretty good recommendation right there from somebody who I, I think is fantastic. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really something. <laughs> I, I disagree. I think that Kurt is the best area songwriter, hands down. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I'll take it. Let's talk about when you got kind of interested in music was it when you were a kid or was it when you were older so i think my real interest in music started when i was in high school um you know growing up i kind of just listened to what was on the radio i guess pop music um hip-hop what all the kids were listening to at that time um and but as i got into high school i started becoming interested in um classic rock i guess which um really started because of my grandparents um them showing me their music and what they grew up listening to um so at that time i got really into 
the Rolling Stones and the Doors, Jimi Hendrix, that kind of thing. Um, and then in that kind of, in that series of, you know, music, I stumbled on Bob Dylan, um, which that was the first artist that really blew my mind um, and made me think, like, I could maybe do that. Like, I could, you know do what he was doing to some extent um so was it was it the lyrics that that kind of drew you in or was it the 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 guitar playing what was it that specifically pulled you in it was his lyrics that was the biggest thing i think just the kind of surreal um poetry of everything that he was doing um and then also he you know he's not a good singer (laughs) like there's something really like um there's something that pulls you in about his voice but it's not like he's a classically good singer and i don't think i am either especially back then um so there was something about it that made me think like oh i could do this too um so yeah then i got my first guitar as a birthday present uh for my 18th birthday Uh, So my senior year in high school, and that's kind of where actually making music started. So prior to that guitar that you got for your 18th birthday, you had no guitar instructions or anything prior to that? Nothing. Um, I played violin in starting in fourth grade and in through seventh grade. So that's the only real musical, um, training i guess that i had so three years on violin that are you still fluent at violin no (laughs) (laughs) no i if you picked one up today could you at all play anything on it i do not think i could (laughs) i mean it was it was so long ago and um i wasn't really invested in it honestly when i was doing it um so yeah i think i forgot about it just as quickly as i learned it (laughs) So do you remember the first song that you tried to play on guitar? I think I do. I think the first song was Folsom Prison Blues. Um, For whatever reason, I can remember um, I was at my grandparents' place the day that I got my guitar. And I remember going into their office onto YouTube and looking up an instruction on how to play Folsom Prison. I guess I was in a Johnny Cash mood that day. Um, and I was just like working on that opening riff, whatever that he does, you know, and, uh, yeah, just kind of went from there. Were originals on your mind at all at this point? Was that like a a goal to eventually write your own music or at first it was just, I just want to learn some songs so that I know. Yeah. At first it was more just wanting to learn some songs that I knew, um, the idea of like writing didn't come until a little bit later just let the sump pump finish there yeah it's done (laughs) i didn't know how long that was gonna go that was a long one (laughs) so you're it's interesting because so you're in in the classic rock and then got into bob dylan you get your first guitar at 18 and the the first song you learn is Folsom prison blues from johnny cash Mm -hmm. and at this point did that kind of get you interested at all to get like get an electric guitar? You're perfectly happy like 
keeping the acoustic and so when i first started i had an electric guitar for a while um and i i messed around on the electric for a few years early on um but for whatever reason uh, you know whether that's like the country folk influences i i tended to steer away from that and go more acoustic although i've been thinking about getting a new electric guitar recently <laughs> but for the most part i've you know stuck to the acoustic so how long was it after getting that acoustic and, and learning covers how long was it until you produced your first song oh, or wrote your first song i probably wrote my first song when i was 20 um a theme of my music career is like that I was pushed into things, not pushed, but nudged into things by my grandparents, uh, who are huge music fans. Um, you know, if you're out on the Fox Cities music scene at a show, you're likely going to see them. Um, but they, um, you know, it was them kind of encouraging me that I should start to learn guitar. And then, you know, as I was getting better at it, you know, starting to be able to play chords and stuff that sounded like music, um, they encouraged me to start trying to write. Um, you know, they were big uh, into the Steelbridge Music Festival oh, sure. in Sturgeon Bay. They went every single year um and they took me along and i was really inspired by a lot of those artists uh pat mcdonald who runs the whole thing and um other people who jerry x was one um and you know i was really inspired by all these people and my grandparents were like well you should write songs too because <laughs> that's an all original music festival um and yeah so i was actually I remember I was actually with them at Steelbridge. Um, this must have been 2012 or 2013. And, um, yeah, that's like I had my guitar, and that's the first time I tried actually writing something. So, yeah. Was that Steelbridge? Steelbridge, yeah. And did, is that a song that survived the test of time? Do you still play it? Um Wait, the song Steel Bridge? Oh, no, the song. Did you say you wrote your first song at at the Steel Bridge? I did, but, oh, no, it didn't survive. The okay. <laughs> I have no idea that, what, where that, even what that song was at this point. Yeah, no. Sometimes people write, like, their first song is the best song they ever wrote. And it, like, just keeps, you know, it stays forever, like, in the, the music catalog. But yours, that one kind of sunk. <laughs> yeah, no, there, I, there's a fair amount of songs that i wrote before any of them stuck <laughs> so yeah no well let's talk about that so you continue to write originals mm -hmm. and what what point at what point did it you know did you finally get to where you were like i want to play these in front of people i'm ready to play these in front of an audience man um so yeah i i was writing for a while and i think my first gig was 2013 um because i wasn't 21 yet i remember that i couldn't drink at the bar <laughs> um and yeah i don't know i think i had finally started to write some songs that 
just by sheer luck weren't horrible, right? And, you know, I had some people encouraging me, like, you know, you should start trying to, you know, play these for people. Um, so I started at open mics, you know. Um, I remember playing at the, um, oh, what was it? It's the coffee shop downtown Appleton. Was it Harmony Cafe? Yeah, that uh, changed names a couple times. I yeah, think. yeah, it did over the years. But that's what it was, I think, when I started playing the open mic that they had there. Um, and then also I would go up to Sturgeon Bay. Uh, they have a writer's night on Thursday nights, but it was specifically for like an open mic for songwriters. So I would go up there. That was actually the first time I played in front of a microphone was um, at one of those writer's nights. Um, so I did that. Uh, I started busking downtown Appleton. <laughs> I started doing that for a while. Um, you know, just opening the guitar case and um, standing out on the avenue on Friday, Saturday nights. Um, I did that. And then finally, I got my first gig, and that was at... What was that place? Oh, oh I'm, I'm blanking on the name. It's, was it the, the Maritime? No, it wasn't Maritime. It was, uh, it's on Richmond Street. Um, oh, Cold Shot. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of this place. Um, Emmett's? Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. It was Emmett's. I played like a happy hour gig at Emmett's. Um, and yeah, that was the first paid gig <laughs> i think your grandparents at this point were I'm guessing they attended that show they sure did a lot of friends and family there at that first one so they were your grandparents were taking or they were going to a lot of shows were they taking you with them yes to a lot of those so do you specifically remember any of the fox cities artists that you went to to see with your grandparents around that time so at that time it was a lot of the um sturgeon bay People. My grandparents were huge Pat McDonald fans, so they followed him around pretty much everywhere. They were also big Jerry X fans, um, and so I went to a lot of her shows with them, including, like, I remember seeing her at Fox River House back in the day. Um, Chris Aaron Band, I don't know if oh, you know. Yeah. yeah, Chris was, he was just the most amazing guitar player. And Nicest so I, guy, too. And just the kindest, kindest dude. Um, so I went to a, quite a few of his shows with them too. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's like in this time period, those are the kinds of people I was seeing with them. During that time, were they kind of pushing you to go up and sort of mingle with some of these artists and be like, Hey, can you maybe take Michael under your wing and have him, you know, open a show or something? Yes. And that always made me incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> I hated I hated the idea of like, you know, talking to an artist after their set because um to me it was just so intimidating. I don't know, like they seemed like they were like on another level and just like, you know, why would they want to talk to me? So how do you feel now when people come up to you after shows? Do you get that? I I just um you know, it's crazy because it means a whole lot to me when someone wants to do that now. So, yeah, it's funny how that works. 
How was the the singer songwriter scene in the Fox Cities? I know we've got you know Kurt Gunn and a lot of great you know Bellwether, lots of great uh, singer songwriters around here. Are there a lot of younger ones that you've met that are coming up? I know Cal Shimmers is has been playing. Yeah, Cal is incredible. Um, but yeah, you know, there's there's so much talent in this town in the general area. Um, I'm a big Amelia Ford fan. Yeah. Um, you know, she's her record that she released. I don't know, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, wide, but, wide open. Yes, just incredible. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Levi Besaw's solo work that he's done recently. He's just the most insane lyricist. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, in Green Bay, actually, there's a guy, Nick Gonnering. I don't know if you know that name. Um, he moved back here recently from Kentucky, I think. And he's just a ridiculously talented songwriter. So, yeah, there's, I mean, I could go on for ages. There's so many great people making music around here. It's inspiring. Yeah. So when you were busking, was that around the start of Mile Music? I think around Probably. 2013. 2013, yeah, around that time. So I'm guessing you attended the festival. I did. And that must have been a kind of a, a push to, to want to get something recorded or get an album out to, to maybe be a part of that. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because it was, you know... It, it was such a cool thing happening in this town, you know, specifically for songwriters and songwriters who, you know, it, it was branded as like an Americana music festival early on. Um, and that's kind of what I did. So yeah, I wanted to be part of it. (laughs) So when did, was restart, was that, that wasn't your first recording, was it? It's the first recording I like to tell people. (laughs) Let's uh, let's talk about the first thing you recorded. All right, so, yeah. So I so yeah, this would have been around the time of you know the beginning of Mile Music. I went and recorded an EP um, with Tony Anders. Oh, at uh, um, Studio H. Studio H. Yes, and this would have been 2013, 2014. It was just like a six-song thing, um, and you know. I like to forget about it now. <laughs> Some people, my grandparents, like to say that there's a lot of good songs, and the production is great. It was awesome working with Tony. That was my first time like experiencing like a recording studio, you know. Um, but you know, I listen back to it and I kind of cringe a little bit. Um, my singing back then was left something to be desired, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, you know, it's, there's just, I obviously have critiques of the songwriting and everything about those songs now. Um, is there any way anybody would stumble upon this on the internet anywhere? You made sure every copy was... It's, it's been scrubbed. You'd have, to, you'd have to talk to my grandparents, my mother, a few friends probably have some copies of that CD. Um, but yeah, there's really nothing on the internet. Um, one song off that record i'll still play live occasionally um but that's about it <laughs> so what changed with your style from that to restart like was it were you singing a different way were you just 
songwriting differently? What's- Bo- both of those things. Um, you know, my... I listen to those songs now, and it's like... The songwriting is very... I, you know, like a lot of those songs, some of them don't have a chorus at all. Um, some of them that do, I'm, you know, waiting almost two minutes into a song to get to a chorus. A lot of the songs are six minutes long. Um, I like to be more expedient in my songwriting now, you know, get to a hook quicker. Um, you know, cut out the fat. You know, I, a lot of those songs I feel like just drag on because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> like long, not because, you know, if, if a song's going to be like five plus minutes long, I, I feel like there had better be a really good reason for that. Um, and some of those early songs just, there wasn't a good reason. <laughs> um, and then in terms of my singing, you know, like singing, I really figured out by the seat of my pants. Um, I never was in choir or anything. I never took a vocal lesson. Um, so that shows, especially early on. And I, it's just like the more that I've, you know, the more I've sang, I feel like I've just kind of figured out how to do it on my own. (laughs) And, um, yeah, back in like 2013, 2014, I did not have it figured out yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you had the recording from Studio H. Yep. And you, did did that help you get in a mile to play your first mile? It did not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. So before, okay, in between the first, the Studio H recording and restart, was there anything in between those two? No, not really. Um, so <laughs> that restart record... Um, that took me about the first demo session that I did for that record would have been, it was either late 2014 or early 2015. And I didn't release it until, um, 2021. (laughs) So that took a long time to make. Um, and you know, that's not because I was spending hours in the studio meticulously going over things it's because um i went to rehab (laughs) a couple times um so yeah there was some personal life stuff that between that studio h album and releasing restart that um stalled my music career i would say you're you're very open with with going to rehab i mean that obviously is a big thing but when you were kind of drinking a lot was that affecting the, the playing and was it sort of taking you off track oh, in, yeah. moving forward one question i had so now when you're playing it seems like you're playing a lot of wine bars a lot of bars is is it still a struggle or are you in a good a good spot where it yeah so i you know i'm in a good mental place right now um for you know a lot of reasons and when i'm in a good spot um it doesn't really bother me you know it's like i don't think it would be healthy for me to hang out in a bar with my friends just drinking seltzer whatever you know just for the sake of hanging out right 
when I'm going to play a gig, it's like I have a reason to be there. I'm doing my job. And when I look at it that way, um, it's easy to, um, it, to just almost forget that it's there. <laughs> and then when I see like really drunk people, it's like, I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't miss feeling like that. So yeah, no, it's, a it's not really a challenge anymore. Yeah. With Mile of Music, is is it different playing at somewhere like Mile versus a regular gig in like a bar? As far as like the people amount of people listening and the amount of like excessive drinking. Yeah, so both of those things are true. You know, it's uh, Mile is incredible because you're playing to a lot of people and it's a quiet room. You know, you. <laughs> You know, as a local musician, that's not an every gig thing, right? It's maybe one in five to one in ten. But then you play at Mile and it's every show. Um, And that's just an incredible feeling. Um, As you get late into the night, (laughs) particularly on Friday and Saturday, um, yeah, it becomes kind of more of a party scene. Um, and like I said, like I, when I see people getting really drunk, like I used to do every single night, um, it doesn't make me miss it, honestly, because it reminds me of where I don't want to be, I guess. So if I look at it that way, it, it, things go well. That's a, a pretty heavy topic. Well, uh, that's my thing. Heavy stuff. <laughs> Let's uh, lighten lighten it up a little bit. With, right. uh, you've, you've made it to band reaction. That's where oh. we play a clip from a previous guest, and then we get your reaction. All right. Uh, this clip is Freddie Haas and Tony Oakley. Uh, Freddie, of course, from the Red Hawks, or mm-hmm. Freddie from Red Hawks. No the in there. And uh, Tony Oakley from Horace Green. Band reaction. Reaction. This is Freddie Haas from Red Hawks. This is Tony Oakley from Horace Green. And uh, Michael, your question is, who is the better songwriter? Paul McCartney. Or John Lennon. Or Godzilla. <laughs> it's a tough one. It is. Uh, the Godzilla really threw me off um, because, yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm not too familiar with um, his work. I think Godzilla's a he. Um, but so I'm going to focus on Paul and John, and that, <laughs> God, that's such a hard, that's such a hard choice for me to make. Um, I'm more of a John Lennon guy. In terms of my Beatles stuff, he, you know, his material was darker, um, which I like. Um, I think more of my favorite Beatles songs are John Lennon songs. Um, however, I think that it, Paul McCartney is the better songwriter. I, I just, the way that he crafted melodies, um, 
the way that he kind of can see like the whole production of like how the song is going to sound by the end. Um, it's something that is so rare what he can do. Um, and I, I, th- <laughs> I think that my opinion almost changed a little bit too after watching the Get Back uh, documentary on Disney Plus that Peter Jackson did. Um, you know, watching him in the studio um, just kind of, you know, I mean, writing Get Back literally just sitting there with the bass um, and, you know, just you could just see the way that he thinks about songwriting and it's just like he's a special talent so i would give the edge to paul even though john is more my you know cup of tea (laughs) so I i feel like we've been covering we've been covering a lot of ground but we still have a lot to cover so the you went to rehab Yes. You got out and you started trying to button up, restart so you could, could get that out. Were most right. of the songs written prior to the rehab stint or did you have some written? Yeah, that's a good question. It's about half and half. Um, there's it's so that record is nine songs. I feel I think about four of them I had written and essentially done and recorded um you know mixed and mastered um at the time before i went to rehab and then the rest of those songs i actually wrote um in rehab um you know i was fortunate enough that they let me have my guitar in there um and yeah i just did a lot of songwriting um, so yeah, it, the rest of the songs, um, were written in the 28 days that I was in residential treatment. Was it hard to put yourself out there as far as recording that? And then, you know, knowing that everybody would ask you, Hey, what about this song or, you know, this song, <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I feel like my one of my strengths as a songwriter, as a musician, is I'm just willing to be really vulnerable about this stuff. Um, you know, mental health stuff, addiction stuff, it oftentimes gets um, kind of brushed under the rug. People don't talk about it. Um, they And, you know, people who are going through it they feel really isolated in that, you know, that no one else is experiencing that. Um, so I've just tried to be open about it, you know. Um, it's not, you know, especially early on, it wasn't always very comfortable. Um, but, yeah, I've kind of realized that, you know, that's going to be part of my musical journey is just being willing to be open about that kind of stuff. Um And it's not always, especially not easy because, you know, I've had lengths of sobriety and then I've relapsed. Um, So that's, you know, having to explain that (laughs) to fans, you know, to 
whoever is, you know, is hard because it feels like a failure to an extent. Um, but I don't know. I, I just keep talking about it <laughs> and that seems to, you know, it, it helps me and I hope it helps other people too. Do you have during shows situations that might get uncomfortable with people sending a, a beer up to the, the stage? I feel like honestly, it's been a while since that's happened. Um, and I think because I'm so open about it, um, most of the people who are coming out to see me are pretty conscious of it. Um, I, more so than people sending a beer, I'll have people like on a break or before or after the gig, um, you know, be like, I'm going to buy you a drink. And, you know, I, that's easier to just say like, I'm okay, but thank you very much. As opposed to like, there's the drink in front of me. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I haven't had many issues there. So where did you record the restart album at? I recorded that at uh, Rock Garden Studio with Mark Goldie. Mark's really good. Like, he really is. <laughs> how, how did uh, how did you record it? Did you do sort of a, a live run through and then kind of go through and add yeah. some vocals? Yeah. So um, that's exactly what we did. Um, we did a live run through with me and then the rhythm section. Um, which most of that record that was um, that was Chris Hanaway and Rick Armstrong um, on the bass and the drums, um, and yeah, we did um, we ran through it um, the three of us, and then over and then did the vocals later as well as overdubbed like the guitar parts and other stuff like that. Like there's some steel guitar in that record um that frank anderson played and some other stuff like that yeah keys um organ and piano which mark played so yeah a lot of great players on that album yeah um i was really um super happy with <laughs> the you know the people that i was able to work with on that record a lot of talented guys was was Mark pretty hands-on as far as like coming up with a suggestion? Is like maybe you should add this to this song or maybe do it this way, or was he more hands-off? He was more hands-on, and I, that's what I wanted. Uh, that I encouraged that because, you know, we were just talking about McCartney, <laughs> and he had this, he always had this vision of how he wanted the final product of a song to sound, right? And I especially at the time of making that record, did not have that. You know, I didn't really, you know, I saw my part with the acoustic guitar and the vocals, but, you know, after that, um, I wasn't too sure. And, you know, Goldie has has that ability to see where he thinks a song should go, and I really leaned into that with that record. Yeah. So once the, once the album was recorded, did you yourself do the the art for the the cover? That cover art is um, my aunt uh, did that. Um, she's a super talented graphic artist um, and who uh, lives in Milwaukee. Um, so yeah, she did 
all that art, which turned out incredibly, in my opinion. It did. And then so at that point, when Restart came out, you were faced with probably how to market it or how to promote it. Was that sort of a struggle to to get that out or how did you roll it out? Yeah, it was a struggle. <laughs> um, I kind of just did everything, you know. I just flew by the seat of my pants in terms of like how to market um, an album release. Um, and, you know, I had the help of some, you know, good friends on the scene who are more experienced in that. Uh, Kurt Gunn actually helped out a lot. Um in terms of exposing it to, you know, like the avenue and to you, <laughs> um, and some other avenues as well. And, um, and Mark Goldie helped with a lot of that too, in terms of like, okay, like, how do you get this on the streaming platforms? Right. Um, you know, I didn't know what DistroKid or any of the distribution services were. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of, just started doing things. <laughs> I don't know. It just, you know, I, I reached out to certain people. I, I did one single, um, restart the title track. Um, and I just kind of figured it out as I went. So I've noticed a similar pattern with the hello oblivion. So you released, um, restart as a single and you released the album. Now you just released Hello Oblivion, and that's going to be the first track of the Hello Oblivion full album. Um, so that's not going to be the title track. Okay. Um, the the record is um, going to be called A Story I Can't Tell, um, and I think I'm going to release one more single off of that. Um, it's <laughs> it's funny. I had a I had a whole plan in terms of dates. Um, of how I was going to do this whole thing. Um, and it's kind of been waylaid. Um, and that's because Spotify, um, when I released Hello Oblivion, um, everything was good for like a week. And then suddenly they split it into an, a separate artist profile. <laughs> so there was one Michael Grabner with the whole restart album. And then there was a second artist, Michael Grabner with just that one song hello oblivion and i'm like okay i'm not going to release any other music until this is fixed and you know spotify distro kid these places don't have phone numbers they don't have particularly quick customer service <laughs> um so it finally got resolved last week and so it's fixed so now we're back to you know, we're, that's all, you know, taken care of. So now it's going to be in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to release a second single. And then, uh, a, a few weeks after that, I'll release the whole record. There's a, a another Michael Grabner, who's a hockey player. You're probably aware of well aware, <laughs> <laughs> well aware. Do you get any traffic from from that Michael Grabner, has he ever reached out and said, hey, I checked out your music. It looks like he's a professional hockey player. He is. He's an NHL player. I guess a quite good one. I I think he's like a really fast 
like he can skate really fast. Um, <laughs> but I have not heard from him. Um, there has been confusion. I actually just had a friend say that they saw on Amazon that I had done this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, he's like, when was that? I'm like, I don't think I did a podcast. Are you? I'm like, are you sure it's not the NHL player? He's like, I don't think so. And then he literally pulled up his phone and I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the hockey player. <laughs> so I've had interactions like that for years and years. <laughs> like, when you played, like, so sometimes you've, you've played with other players mm-hmm. live and then sometimes you do the, the solo, but yeah. I saw you had like Ryan Mendola was his name. Is, does he plan any of the Hello Oblivion? No, track? so so this record is a completely solo acoustic thing. Um, so it's just me. Um, that was not when I started the demo session for this. It's not what I envisioned at first. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I felt like this group of songs, um, it should be representative of what I'm doing live. Um, and these are songs that, you know, I feel like the way that I intended for them to be heard was, um, was stripped down solo. Um, so yeah, that's what this whole project is. And you recorded this at rock garden as well. Correct. And you did some, some videos with, with Mark Goldie at the studio. Were those separate from the recordings or was that a live take of while you were doing the recording separate from the recordings? Um, yeah, I, we did. I kind of made the decision that I wanted to do those videos a little bit later. Um, so that was separate. But yeah, that was, you know, uh, that was all his kind of idea with the aesthetic of the whole thing. And I think they turned out really well. I agree. Yeah. So you're pretty comfortable working with Mark Goldie? Yes, <laughs> I sure am. He's He's my, you know he's always the person that I'm thinking of when it comes to recording. Yeah. What are some of the things you like about Mark's style and some of the things you like about the actual studio? I mean, the studio itself is just so cool. I think it just feels like an old school recording studio with that board and just everything about it is just like what I pictured going into a recording studio would be like (laughs) as, you know, early on when I started making music um and you know Goldie is just so chill and the vibes are just you know I I just feel comfortable around him which I think that's really important when it comes to like you know I recording music from to feel relaxed and at ease and I feel that way with him um and he just makes everything sound really great (laughs) You know, he can play basically anything himself, any part. Um, You know, like, I get compliments all the time on the guitar solos on Restart, that track. um, And he played on that, and he just just came up with that on the spot, you know. And he did that on a lot of the songs. Um, You know, there's so many different, like, intangibles that just make working with him just it's like the logical choice for me because everything sounds great he can play anything he can help with 
you know, ideas. He's, you know, the vibes are good. It doesn't get much better. So, yeah, <laughs> he's who I go to. We've got a question here from Todd Belke. Todd. The question is, are you planning on setting up any tours? Well, that's a good question. That is a very good question. Yeah, so that's something that's been on my radar for a while. Um, as of now, I have a day job, which makes it more complicated. Um, I work full-time as well as doing the music. Um, so, you know, that's kind of been on the back burner for a little bit, but, um, at some point I, I, I definitely want to do that. And, um, you know, this, my current day job isn't a forever thing. So taking that leap into music full time is kind of a scary thing, but I think at, at some point it's a good possibility. Oh, yeah. Any chance maybe we would see like a, a short like tour with Kurt Gunn or something like that where you maybe run to like Illinois and Minnesota and back? Maybe. Maybe. Um Kurt, let me know if you're interested, if you're <laughs> watching this. <laughs> yeah, no, I that's a cool idea actually. But yeah, like a, a short stint, I could definitely see doing something like that. Yeah. You had a medical scare. This year you had a appendicitis, which it got way worse than that. And you were in the hospital for over two weeks. Yeah. What made you realize that, that you needed to go get checked? And like, how did, I mean, that had to be pretty scary as far as, did you think you were going to make it out of there? Um, I definitely began to have my doubts as to if I was going to make it out of there. But yeah, it all started um, just... I went into the hospital on a Tuesday. I started feeling this kind of weird pain in my stomach um, the previous Sunday, so just a couple days before. Um, and it was tolerable Sunday and Monday, but it was like, just feels like a weird kind of stomach ache. And then Tuesday morning I woke up and I was like, something's wrong here. Um, so I went into the doctor and they were pretty confident it was my appendix that needed to come out. Um, but yeah, they, when they did the CT scan, um, they realized, yes, the appendix needed to come out. The appendix was ruptured, but it had also inverted into my colon, which the surgeon told me that, um, that she had never actually seen that in her entire career. Um, it's not something that happens often. Um, so by inverting into my colon, it ended up infecting a chunk of my colon. So they ended up having to take out a few feet of my colon as well as the appendix with that first surgery. Um, so that was supposed to be like a three to five day recovery. Um, and, you know, I actually thought that I was going to get out of the hospital um, the second day after surgery. Um and they started me on solid foods um, that day that I was supposed to get out. And that's when things really went awry. Uh, I couldn't keep anything down. Um, and I just progressively kept getting worse and worse um, for over a week. And finally, they decided that they had to go back in and um, do another like exploratory surgery. Uh, I had a bad infection. I'm lucky I didn't go septic. Um, 
but yeah, so they had to open me up, uh, clean me out. <laughs> um, and then after that second surgery, things for the most part just started to improve. Um, but yeah, I was in the hospital for 22 days. Um, and the few days before that second surgery, I was thinking I might die <laughs> and that's not fun. Um, but yeah, it, it, it makes me really, really super grateful, um, to be upright and mobile. Um, and you know, I don't know, I've had like a new appreciation for like what I get to do every time I go out and play a show. Um, I'm like, yeah, this could all go away so easily. And, you know, I get to go do something I really love doing, um, and get paid for it. <laughs> and, um, not a lot of people, you know, have that opportunity and it's just, I'm so grateful for it. And, um, yeah, like it, you know, it took thinking I was going to die to have a new appreciation. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have any sort of holdover symptoms from, from that? Yeah. Um, I have some digestive issues that I didn't have before. Um, they ended up having to take a good bit of my colon and, you know, when they do that and they have to reroute everything in there, um, that's just kind of a given that you're going to have digestive issues. Your body is, you know, adjusting to that. Um, but they say it's not permanent. Um, six months to a year, they say, for like, you know, getting back on track with that. And it's definitely gotten noticeably better. But um, I can't eat Indian food. And that makes me very sad because it's my favorite. <laughs> it makes me sad. Uh, yeah, it, it should. <laughs> I miss my uh, I miss my chicken masala, but um someday I will be eating it again, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. Where do you see the Fox City scene going in the next couple of years? Huh, that's a good question. Um I don't I just I think I see a continuation of what's happening now. Um, and, you know, I think, I, I think a growth of, of that, you know, I think that it seems like, you know, year over year, there's just more and more people that are interested in seeing live original music. You know, there's always, it seems like a new venue and a new place that's doing, you know, that's supporting that kind of thing. Um, and then new artists, you know who come onto the scene and, you know, are doing something different. And that, you know, that's just so cool. I, I love like learning about someone new and then going to see their show. Um, and it's just like to have a community that, you know, nurtures like the acoustic, the um, artistic development of like people who are living here. It's just, you know, we're really lucky to have it. Um, especially in a town this size, you know, Appleton's not huge. Um, and it's just such a cool thing. If there was one artist coming to town that you could open for, you got to pick, who would you pick? Carter Halsey. <laughs> and he comes to town a fair amount. So, you know, maybe that opportunity will come um, someday, but... I'm a huge fan of his. He's a mile music guy. He's been um, 
he's been in the Fox cities a fair amount. Um, and I, when I was really starting to get serious about my, um, you know, songwriting and trying to, you know, do music, I was listening to a lot of him and I, I, he's honestly been a big influence on a lot of the stuff that I do. Um, and he's just a cool guy. Um, so yeah, that would be an awesome thing. It's rainy out today. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear, (laughs) uh, let's uh, talk a little bit before we have to go about hello oblivion. Sure. So we, we kind of already talked about it, but when can we expect the full album to, to be released? The full album, you know, it was, I was thinking November now I'm thinking it's going to be early December. Um, because I want to have space for one more single and for that to have a little time to breathe. And then, yeah. And then the whole 14 song record will be early December. Are you going to plan a, like an album release party? Well, <laughs> you know, I didn't do that with restart and now a few, few people have asked me about it. Um, and I'm kind of in the process of exploring that right now. Um, because, you know, I just fly by the seat of my pants with this, with, with the restart record. I was, I just kind of looked at what I already had scheduled for gigs. And then I found the one that was closest to when I was going to release. And I'm like, okay, I'll just call that an album release. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think a, a fair amount of people have told me I should do like an actual event. And, um, I think there's a, there's a, a few places that I could see doing that at. So yeah, stay tuned. Something, something like that may happen. <laughs> What's your, your current favorite song off the upcoming album? Even if we don't know the titles where we can look back later and see what that was. Wow. I think, um, my favorite song on there is a song, um, called silver bullets. Um, which Kurt Gunn actually suggested that name i'm horrible at naming my songs um but i've kind of been moving in a new musical direction lately away from like the same kind of folk type song that i was my comfort zone for a really long time and that song is kind of um you know the one song on the record that's kind of showing like the transition to what i'm writing now um and so, yeah, I really like that one. I can't wait to see how that song sounds. Yeah. Feel free to send it to me early if you want. I will. I'll do that. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite venue in the Fox Cities to play at? Yeah. Uh, Gibson uh, Community Music Hall. Um, it has to be. Um, it's just just for a, a thousand reasons. <laughs> I mean, the it always sounds so great. You know, the best you know, sound engineers out there are playing, are, you know, working at Gibson. Um, and you know, it's the audience is always there to listen to the music. Um, I got the chance to open for Betsy aid and the well-known strangers, uh, trio last Wednesday. Um, and you know, that's the, those are the kind of shows that, um, just like, you know, remind you why you're doing this. Just a lot of people who are super passionate about music who are actually listening. Um, yeah, it means the world to be able to play a show like that. So Gibson's my favorite. Where can people go to find out more about Michael Grabner? Well, they can go to my website, michaelgrabnermusic.com. 
Um, and you know, from there, that's where my whole live music schedule is. And it's almost always current. There are a few dates that I need to add on there. Um, there's also links to all my socials there. Um, but yeah, you can find Michael Grabner music on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then, you know, my music is streaming on all the major streaming services. So you can find it all there too. Michael, I want to thank you for doing Fox City's core on Code Zero Radio this morning. And everybody go check out Hello Oblivion. And we look forward to the album story I can't tell in a couple months. <laughs> Looking really forward to it. Thank you, Andy. This was a lot of fun. You've been watching Fox City's core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.